Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. And so I want to work through how do we engage our position wherever we find ourselves. Because there's some in here that are students. And you're in the middle of schooling and learning and growing in where you're going to be. You see, there's different positions in life. And every position you find yourself in is a specific season for that time. And you have to know, number one, you have to know what position you're in right now in your life. Where are you? Because from birth into adolescence, when you go to elementary school, and you go into middle school, which I call the most awkward years of anybody's life, you know, because you're not young and you're not old yet and you're just finding yourself. So you're trying to, you have this identity crisis. I don't know if anybody else was like this, but I was a super awkward middle schooler, super awkward. And I was finding who I was and I was this kind of this, this skinny, awkward nerd kid, you know, with glasses and trying to find myself. And my voice was a little squeaky and today I sound like, raspy like I don't know I sound like an old man today I feel like but seasoned I, I, I sound seasoned today um, but you go through these different stages of life and every position in life comes with new challenges comes with new um, obligations and, and responsibilities and you can either skip over the position but but something you you must understand is every position is vital for getting you to the next position. And so wherever you find yourself now might just be a preparation for where you're going to be tomorrow or where you're going to be the next day or where you're going to be in a year from now or 10 years from now. This position you're in right now is super key in the process of getting you to your purpose. And so you have to engage in the position you're in right now. Super important. Super key. Doesn't matter where you are, who you are, what you're doing right now. You have to know your position and you have to engage it. And we talked in a first experience about valleys. And I say this all the time, there's, life is full of valleys. And valleys are not bad. In fact, they're the most exciting seasons, not currently when you're in them because they don't feel awesome. Because, uh, like, for instance, being single, that's a valley. Uh, being without a job, that's a valley. Being a student, even, that's a valley. Because you're, you're somewhere, and you know you're supposed to be somewhere else. And so it's a valley of maybe you're single, and you're like, I know I'm supposed to be with somebody, but, but you know. But the valleys, oh, the valleys are the greatest places to learn. In fact, they're the most vital places to learn because a lot of times you can't learn up on the mountaintop what you'll learn in the valley. So don't neglect the valley. If you find your position is in a valley right now, own it and learn everything you can because when you're single, you can learn lessons that you will never be able to learn when you got someone else to pour into and encourage and love and do life with. There are things that I learned when I was single, like how to have a devotion time with God. Man, how to have a relationship with Jesus. Now, you can do that with a significant other, of course, and we see it all the time. 
you know, where couples will come into a relationship with Jesus and they'll encourage each other and really pour into a, a but man, there's something about it when you're single and you can develop that. How do you grow as a person so that when you bring someone else into that, your position as a husband or a wife, now you can be secure, founded, grounded, and ready to lead and come alongside of someone else. But you can't always do that in the next position. So you have to prepare. As a student, you might have something that you're going after. Well, I'm going to be this, or I'm going to make this much money. You're like, please, God, I want to make that much money, you know. And I want, I want to be there, but right now you're studying, and you're doing tests. And you're, you're trying to get through this season, this valley, to climb the mountain of where you're supposed to be. Wherever you find yourself, and you might even find yourself on a hill, halfway up the mountain, where you're climbing and you're trudging, you're trying to get to the top, whatever position you find yourself in, we have to engage it. But the problem is, and this is a huge problem for our society, is we don't like to commit. Commitment's scary. There are a couple things I jotted down in my notes, but one of the, one of the first things is the pursuit of something better. There might be something better. I don't want to commit to that because what if I come along something that's better? I mean, I've been dating this girl. She's super awesome. You know, she, man, we just get along so well. We like the same things. But what if I meet that girl, someone that's better? And it's this, this false mentality of always looking for something better. Well, my car is good, but man, I could have something better. My house is awesome, but man, it could be bigger. You know, I, I have a great family, but man, my kids could be better. You know, I have a great wife and she's amazing, but man, she could cook or she could do or she could whatever. You fill in the blank. We're always looking to something better. And it's our society because we have this thing called social media where we're seeing everybody's highlight reels. And we're flipping through and we're, oh, they look so happy. Look at them. And look at how good she looks in that outfit. Oh, I need that outfit. I need that real bad. Oh, look at that car. Oh, my goo. He keeps it so clean. If I only had that, and we get in this false mentality of something is going to be better, and this job is fine, but that job is better. And so we never fully engage. We just want to date around. We want to date around on our job and kind of, half-heartedly be there but be searching for something else because it's not what we thought it was going to be. In this relationship we're in, it's really good, but we're always keeping our eyes out for something better because there might just be something greater. And instead of fully engaging, man, I remember the day uh, me and Ashley, we were dating for nine months, and then I had it. I was like, I got to marry this girl. She's amazing, and I'm, I'm tired. Of, we were long distance. She was in Kansas City. I was in wherever it was, Pennsylvania. And so we were, we were talking back and forth, and I remember we had a conversation. <laughs> we were just talking about this, but we had a conversation, and I was like, Ashley, I don't think I can do this anymore. And she thought I was breaking up with her, and I was wanting to get married, you know? And she was like, really? Like, what? And I was like, no, 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 not like that. 
I want I want to I want to marry you. And I remember we set up the day and I we rented a car. We went out to the the zoo. Our, we had a picnic outside. We came back to this church and I had my family like lay out all these like 500 candles and they had the rose petals and so we came in and we walked down the the aisle and the music was playing and and I set it up, man. I, I put a table with a glass slipper because I always called her my princess. So I was like, I got to make sure the glass slipper fits you. So I, I had her sit down. I put the glass slipper on and I led her over to the piano because I had a song written. Come on, y'all. I didn't mess around. I wanted to make sure this girl was mine. So I sat her down at the piano. I started playing and I worked into my lyrics uh, asking her to marry me. And the funny thing is she didn't realize what was happening until that moment. I'm like, girl, you think I do this all the time? Like, this is a crazy day, and don't expect it too often, all right? Because this is, like, a lot of planning for someone who's a creative, all right? So so she said yes, of course. I put a ring on her finger, and the ring is, symbolizes a, a full circle. It's a promise that never ends, right? It was an engagement. I meant business that day. I meant business. I engaged her, and I said, and I promised her that I will never leave you. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And we'll be celebrating 10 years at the end of this month. Yeah, it's exciting. I know. I don't look that old. I know. We got married when I was 12. And she was like six. It was weird. But engaging is making a, it's making a promise. It's binding yourself to that position of saying, I'm here and I'm not leaving. Another thing that keeps us from committing is uh, the feeling of being trapped. You know, we, we feel like, well, if I get too involved here and I sign on the dotted line, I'm going to feel trapped. I'm going to feel suffocated. Well, I can't be free to do whatever we, I want. And what we don't realize is the position that God called us to is preparing us. And if we'll fully engage in that position, it'll prepare us faster for the position that he's really designed us for. And so sometimes we're, and you got to think like this, God is a progressive God. Let me say again, God is a progressive God. He's on the move and he wants you to be on the move. A lot of times we stay okay with just dating around and going here and there, and we never fully engage in where we are, so we don't move on to where he wants us to head. So we're just all around. Well, I don't know. I'll try this and do this for a little bit, and I don't know. That didn't feel right, so I'll do this for a little bit. And we don't fully engage and listen to him and say, what do you have for me now? What do you have for me here? What is my position right now? And so we have... We feel like we're being trapped. And this is the biggest one. I jotted this down. We let the past predict our future. A lot of times in commitment, the struggle with commitment is that we were in a commitment that didn't go right. And so that, that guy that promised you all of those years left. And mom and dad they were going to be all supportive, all of a sudden abandoned you. And now, what happened in the past, because the past affects your perspective. I don't know if you know that. But your past always affects your perspective. So when you come into a relationship with somebody, 
whatever's happened in your past, you bring in as your perspective. And so you perceive them in a certain way, not because of who they are, because of your past. So a lot of times we let our past predict our future. And so we come into things and we, we don't want to fully commit because we know what happened when we fully committed last time. And we had that relationship that went south. So I don't know if I can fully engage in this position with you because, listen, I had a time when I had somebody who. And we have all these things that predict now our future. So we don't want to commit. I want to look at First uh, Timothy chapter 4, verse 11. And this is Paul talking to Timothy. Timothy was one of the young leaders in the church, and he was one of the, the few church leaders that were, you know, planting churches and, and really starting the movement. And so Paul was talking to him. Paul was in his circle. And in, in verse 11 it says, Get the word out. <coughs> Excuse me, allergies are on fire today. Teach all these things, he's telling them. Timothy, teach all of these things. And then he gets a little attitude, and he says, don't let anyone, and you know he does the neck thing, don't let anyone put you down because you're young. See, Timothy was a young leader, and in that day, the church leaders, there was a specific regimen, if you would. You must be this tall to go on the roller coaster must be this old, must have these requirements. So Timothy was breaking the rules. But don't you love it that God writes his own rules and that even though you might not be qualified in others' eyes, the only eyes that count are God's and that he calls you qualified, all other voices are void. And so Timothy calls him. So Paul's reminding him, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. Hey, if you just came into a relationship with Jesus, don't let anybody call you out because you just started this thing. You're just as qualified because God called you qualified. And you're on a journey. You're on a journey, man. Maybe you're, you just came into this relationship with Jesus and you're on a journey. You're finding out who you are in God, and that's amazing. But when God calls you qualified, you good. You good. And so he says, don't let anyone look down because you're young. Teach believers with your life by word, by demeanor, by love, by faith, by integrity. And everybody say, stay. Now that's a big part. Stay at your post. Look at your neighbor. Say stay. Stay. Stay at your post. Now what's your post? It's your position. It's where you're at. It's your season. It's your space. It's being a mom. It's being a student. It's being a son or a daughter. It's being a friend. It's being a coworker. It's being a boss. It's being an entrepreneur. It's being an inventor. Wherever you find yourself, that's your post. And he was telling Timothy, stay at your post because you're going to have those days where you feel like getting off your position. You feel like just taking a break. And let me tell you this. This is huge. Stay. Just remember that. Stay. Don't move. Don't get out. Stay at your post. And then he, and he says, 
reading scripture, giving counsel, teaching. That's just the boom, boom, boom. But then he says, and that special gift, that special gift of ministry, because God's given you a special gift to bring into the position that you're in right now. And we're going to be talking about it through this series. We're going to be talking about different things that, uh, you know, finances and occupation and parenting. We're going to be talking about all these specific just real life ways that we can engage our position. But the biggest thing you need to understand is God has designed you specifically for this position. He's given you every talent, every characteristic, every personality trait. Everything you need is inside of you. God never calls out of you what he has not put in you first. God always puts in you what he desires out of you. And so you have to understand and be okay with that. Come alive in that knowing I'm at this position for a reason and God has already equipped me. Maybe I just haven't tapped into it yet, but it's there. And so uh, Paul says to Timothy, stay at your post and remember the special gift. Remember back to when they laid their hands on you and prayed over you so that you don't just become just another church leader. Because I haven't called you just to be another coworker, just another student, just another husband, just another person at work. I have not called you just to be another person. You remember back when God spoke into you, when the, they prayed over you, when he put his anointing on you. It was specific to you. Special. Bring it into your position. Come alive to that in that season. And then he says this. Cultivate these things. Immerse yourself in them. Ha! That's engagement right there. Immerse yourself in where you are. Well, I don't feel like it. Well, that's okay. You might be in that position for longer than you choose. God wants to show you something and teach you something and train you in something. And when you fully engage is when you can fully come alive in that position to understand, I'm here for a reason, and I might be training for another position, but even if I'm here for the get-go, I want to come alive to everything that I'm supposed to get out of this position. Because God's got great things for you, amazing things. And he goes on and he says, Mercy yourself, the people will, will, will all see you mature right before their eyes. Keep a firm grasp on both your character and your teaching. Don't be diverted. Don't be distracted. Don't be looking to the right or to the left or what's better or what's good or, or what happened in my past or, or I don't know if I can trust. Don't be doing that. Just keep at it, he says. Don't be diverted. Keep your eyes focused. I think about the Amish horses. If you all know about Amish, yeah, I don't know if you've been out to Lancaster or whatever, but we, we're out there in Oxford, and so we have the Amish come through, I think, but they have these guards for their eyes, and they, so, so they can't see the cars, because if they saw the cars, they'd be like, you know, and like go crazy. But they, they have these guards, and it keeps them focused, and I wonder how many of us need to put on the eye guards so we can stay focused on the position that God's called us to, and maybe there's some things we have to put down. Maybe there means needs to be some times where you say no to just scrolling through Instagram looking at everybody's highlight reel and start focusing on the highlight reel God wants to build inside of your life and start focusing on who he is and what he's called you to and not get diverted, not get distracted, but stay at your post. 
and oh, I just really want to just, I don't know, binge watch on Netflix. Well, it's okay, because God's called you right now to get on your face and start calling out a revival for your family because your position right now is to be a father to your family your position right now is to be a mother to those children your position right now is to be a student who's bringing the word of god into your school your position right now is to call greatness out of your co-workers and though that environment is dead he's called you to be new life so get off your butt and get going and engage your position engage it don't be diverted. Stay focused. Stay focused. And it's going to be hard because there's going to come some things that look good. Oh, no. Stay focused. And all that, that feels so right. No. Stay focused because God's got greater things for you if we'll fully engage. We got to engage in the position. I said, I, I think I told this story at Gold Night. But my kids, sometimes there'll be times where I'll be like, You're, you can't do that. And they're like, Dad, everybody else can. Why can't we? And I always say, I don't care what everybody else can. You're my child. And as far as my children go, you can't do that. Now, is it because I'm a mean dad? Maybe. But more importantly, it's because I know what future I want them to have. And so there's some things I have to put as boundaries and positions for them right now so they can grow into the people I know they're called to be. There's some things they can't do. There's something, some places they can't go. Well, Dad, what about everybody else? You're not everybody else. You're called for greatness. You're a Hollis. And I'm calling out of them the greatness that's inside of them. And a lot of you might feel that when you're in a position, you're like, well, everybody else, God. Why can't I do that? Why can't I have this? And God says, because you're my child. And I've called you for greatness. And I'm pulling some things out of you right now in this season that you'd never be able to do in any other position. And I have you there for a reason so you can learn, so you can grow. And there are some things you can't do as a child of God. There's some things you can't do because you're called for greater things. But it's diving in. It's saying, God, I'm here. I'm staying. I'm engaging. I'm not just going to move around. I'm not just going to date around. God, I'm going to engage in where you have me right now. I want to do that today. You say, Lodge, I want to join you in this season. Say, God, and make this personal. God, I'm engaging my position. If, you, if that's you, would you stand to your feet? Just join me. You say, Lodge, that's me. As for me and my family, we're going to engage in our position. Awesome. Yeah. Because we're all different, and we all come from different backgrounds. We're all in different positions right now, different seasons, different valleys, and maybe somewhere on the mountaintops, and you can teach me, you know, how to get to that mountaintop and how to climb, and that's why we do life together. But we're on all different seasons, and we've all found ourselves here on this journey. And that's why we come before God and we say, God, teach 
and train. We're not leaving. We're not getting diverted. God, we are making a decision to stay. Making a decision to stay. And if you would, we just make this personal and just lift the hand of God and say, God, would you help me? Would you help me stay? Because there's going to be days where I don't feel like staying. There's going to be things that come along that look better. Lord Jesus, I just pray that you would help me to stay. Help me to stay. Jesus, won't you help us? Help us to be everything you want us to be, God. I pray that every position we find ourselves in, that we fully engage in it. And God, you'd help us as men, as women, as young people, God, as students. God, I pray that you'd help us to fully grasp what you have for us right now, the season that we're in right now. Jesus, we love you. And we thank you. Why don't you just make it personal and say, God, I'm here to stay. Make it a promise. Make it a proclamation. Maybe you even need to find a journal and write it down and say, on what is today? Discombobulate today, May 6th. Thank you. On May 6, 2018, God, I'm deciding to stay. I'm deciding to grab on to where I am and hold fast to it. And I'm not moving. So Jesus, won't you help us? Help us to do this. We love you so much, God. We love you so much, God. Thank you, Father. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We just sing, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Thank you, God. We love you so much. And we thank you for this position that we're in right now. In fact, I know we're out of time. But I wonder, because I know that engaging the position helps God engage his position properly. And when we bow before him, I don't know if you practice this at all, but there's sometimes in my devotion time where I'll just get on my knees and I'll just bow before him and surrender to, he, to who he is. Because when we bow, we're surrendering to the authority above us. 
And a lot of times, I don't know about you, but there's sometimes when I will drive and I'll sit in the throne of my life. I'll make the decisions based on what I think and my past, and that's where I get in trouble because <laughs> I'm not a very good decision maker because I'm human. So I'm making it through this, this terrible filter. But when I surrender to him and I say, God, once you help me see what you see, once you help me make decisions based on what your future is for me, help me to be led by you, be guided by you, I mean to fall into that God and walk alongside and, and you lead me, you guide me, and I'll follow you. But I'm going to take one moment. If you feel comfortable, would you just kneel? Just get on. I know. I know. It's a little weird. But it's just like, it's just bowing and saying, God, I surrender to you. Just take one moment. Just say, God, I surrender to you. I, maybe I've, I've driven too, too much. I've taken over my life and I've made decisions based on me and I've just I've done things according to my ways. And God, this is the first step. I just I bow before you and I say, God, once you lead me, once you guide me, once you lead me and guide me, because you're the great shepherd, you're the great leader. You're the great one. You speak life into our future. You speak life into where we are currently. We say, God, have your way. God, have your way. Show us doors that need to be opened and doors that need to be closed. We take both as answers. Lead us. Lead us, God. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Let me tell you, there are mountains to be climbed. There are dreams to be fulfilled. There are positions to be had. And this is the way we're going to do it, is on our knees. Because we don't fight in flesh and blood. We fight on our knees. We pray. We see things happen. We seek him. He speaks and leads us. And we make decisions based on the great one who knows all. So God, we start this series off right on our knees, saying, once you lead and guide us, as we step into these positions and as we fully engage in them, help us. We look to you. Lead and guide us. Help new dreams to come out of this series. Help new uh, per perspectives to come out. Heal the past in this series. God, just help us to really fully come alive to why we're here, what we're doing. We just thank you so much. We give you all the praise, the glory, the honor, and the adoration. You're amazing, God. Come on, somebody join me. Stand to your feet and give him a shout of praise for the season that we're in right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father. We love you. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.